Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. Me on my own doing those things, having to deal with disappointment with players, having to deal with parents that weren't satisfied with playing time, those type of things. Dealing with those things on my own, I wouldn't have the ability to do that. God has enabled me to deal with those, those, as we call them, the fruit of the Spirit. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 30th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson, alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb. We are so honored and so blessed to have you today for the kickoff of our three-week high school series today. We're a church that is based out of western New York. We are just a few miles away from the Buffalo Bills Stadium, so go Bills! But we're kicking off a high school series. We'll be featuring local high school athletes and coaches and just hearing how they're dealing with COVID and a little their faith journey. Some pretty awesome stuff. And at some point, we're going to expand this. We know that our listeners are not only in Western New York, but across the country and quite literally around the globe. It's been quite amazing to be a part of this sweat room journey and just to see how the podcast is going out. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And what I love about this podcast is from the professional athlete to the high school coach, everyone has a story. It's just some of us just have a different platform. And I highly encourage you today. We're kicking off today with Christy Comenda and Kevin McNamara. Christy is the assistant swim coach in Springville, which is just south of Buffalo. And Kevin is the head varsity coach for the Williamsville South Girls Program. He is an awesome guy. And both Christy and Kevin are just amazing coaches. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And I highly encourage you to get pen and paper out to write some notes down. So before we dive in, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share with just one friend. Pass it along. You never know how sharing with one friend will go a long way. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Kevin McNamara. And right after that, we will be featuring Christy Comenda. We want to welcome to the sweat room, Kevin McNamara. Kevin has been married for 46 years. He's father of two daughters, and he's taught at Christian Central Academy for 32 years. It's a local Christian school here in Buffalo, New York, and, he's retired from, and he retired from teaching in 2017. He is now the varsity girls soccer coach at Williamsville South High School for the past 27 years and still going. Kevin, welcome to the sweat room. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, Kevin, we're super excited to have you. So when we start off here, could you just tell us just anything else? You know, we read your bio there a little bit about you and coaching. Um, Tell us a little about yourself. Who is Kevin? What do our listeners need to know about you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's that's a good one. Who is Kevin? Well, um, I'll start off by saying I... Grew up, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and at 21, uh, Christ leaned into my life. So through my wife's witness at the time, we were dating. Um, so my life has been a journey. I worked in industry for probably about 12 years, went back to college at 26, mm. did everything. I, I would say some people would say, well, I did everything backwards. I got married, had children, bought a house, 
and then decided to go back to school to pursue <laughs> my dream. Cool. So I ended up attending Clearwater Christian College in 1983, packed up my household in Grand Island, New York, moved down to Clearwater, went back to school in 83, as I said, and uh, pursued a degree in physical education. So you have to imagine, I came home one day and said to my wife, I'd like to go back to college. And we had an 18 month old and my wife was about six months pregnant. Wow. And, you know, so we put our house up for sale. And I know my in-laws probably looked at me and said, I don't know, this guy's a little crazy here. Mm. <laughs> but looking back on it, and so I went to school for three years at Clearwater Christian College, ended up playing baseball and soccer at college, mm. got my degree and ended up coming back to Buffalo, New York to teach at uh, Christian Central Academy. Mm. So to say the least, my wife is a saint. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine. You're, you're, you're leaving your family. You're leaving your good jobs. We both had good jobs. That was I knew and she knew that this was God's plan right then for our lives. Mm. So that's amazing. A little quick background. And uh, to think about doing that now at my age, I shake. <laughs> but, you know, God was in it. God was in it right from the beginning. So. Boy, and those years went by fast teaching, but I, I, I so enjoyed myself. I so enjoyed teaching at the academy for 32 years. So mm -hmm. it's been That's great. Awesome. Yeah. And you've been a coach for 20, over 27 years now. So how'd you get into coaching soccer and your, even your sport? I know you've coached other sports as well. Right. Well, you know, I, when I joined the soccer team in college, I really had very little experience with the game, but I fell in love with the game right off the bat. I remember the first game, I can still remember the first time being on the field and saying, man, I wish I would have grew up playing this. So I was, I guess some people would say an athlete that played soccer versus someone that grew up with the game as a soccer player. Mm -hmm. So I knew once I got out of school, once I graduated from college and I got the teaching position, I knew I wanted to coach soccer. That was uh, something I really pursued. And I taught, I actually coached over at Clearwater, I'm sorry, at, at Christian Central for about uh, seven, eight years. I got out of coaching for a few years, just took a break, and an opportunity opened up for me at Williamsville South. And at the same time, my daughters were transferring out of um, Christian Central and going over to Williamsville South. Mm. And I remember I got a phone call. I had put an application and the athletic director called me and said, you know, there's an opening for a coaching position at Williamsville South. So I went to my daughter, who had already been on the varsity team one year, and I said, what do you think about me taking the job? And she looked at me, she said, no way, dad, no way. <laughs> but she was kidding. She smiled and said, no, that'd be great. So oh, fun. that's when I stepped into the coaching realm over there. And, you know, I, like I said, I've been there 27 years. And I, I, look, I look forward to it as much as I do today as I did the first year that I started coaching. Wow. So it's, it's been a pleasure. Wow. That's so fun. That must be so cool to be able to have coached your daughters and everything. Yes. Did, did all of them play soccer and you get to coach all of them there? Yeah. Both of my daughters played at South. Um, and I, I'll have to admit, I had to learn what it was to be the coach mm. and not the coach father in the car on the wow. way home. 
that was a little lesson. Yeah, you know, one of the questions, what did you learn? I learned that very early on. Sure. I need to back away from my kids as far as, you know, coaching them after the game. It just wasn't fair to them. Mm. So there were some lessons to be learned early on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That must be, must have been a good lesson to learn. And I'm sure there was a great, some great bonding moments between you and your daughters oh, yeah. on the field and sure. having those memories. That's, that's super cool. I know. I was coached by my dad for some time in my athletic career. And I know we look back fondly on those moments still to this day. And, you know, even the times where, you know, it was the lowest of low when there was like <laughs> bad times, coach, it's still, we look back fondly on those and how those brought us together. So Kevin, for you, you talked a little bit about your relationship with Christ and how, um, you know, coming to know him sort of later in life there has coaching taught you anything about your relationship with God or how has, how, what has God taught you through coaching? It's a great question. You know, one of the things when I looked at that question, I started to think, well, what are some of those things that I've learned? Patience, this, kindness, dealing with people. Hmm. But I think for me, the most important thing that I've learned is God is innate, is his ability that, to enable me to put those things into my life. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, we call them the fruit of the spirit out of Galatians. Me on my own doing those things, having to deal with disappointment with players, having to deal with parents that weren't satisfied with playing time, mm -hmm. those type of things, dealing with those things on my own, I wouldn't have the ability to do that. Wow. God has enabled me to deal with those, those, as we call them, the fruit of the spirit, patience, kindness, goodness, and, you know, the rest of them, gentleness, yeah. self-control. I've, you know, looking back on it and I say, I couldn't do that on my own, but wow. he has enabled me. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a huge yeah. testament to why you've been able to coach for 27 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, it's not me. It's definitely not me. Yeah. That's so good. That must've, that must be a huge, just, I mean, I know for me in my life, having somebody like God that I can rely on and that I can put my faith in, that just takes a whole weight off of my shoulders. I feel like I can live freely knowing that, you know, I have faith that God is bigger than all of this and he's in control and he's given me what I have and he can take it away in a moment. But just being thankful and grateful for that when I have it and being able to trust that is, man, that's so freeing to me for sure. Do you, do you sort of feel the same or is it different for you? Yeah, no, I, I would, again, great wisdom from my wife. Uh, she mentioned, you know, this is God's world. This is the people I come in contact with. I just play a small part in it. So daily, starting the day off in my devotions, what part I ask am I to play today? With the people I come in contact with, with my players, uh, with the parents that I deal with, the athletic director, the other coaches in the district, what part do I play in that? Mm. I need to ask every day and ask for guidance and wisdom. That's such a good question. Do you have an answer for that to your own question? Well, it's my witness, first of all. Mm. You know, I, it's a little bit, it's different. Um, coaching at a public school, you're somewhat restricted. Right. More than somewhat restricted to what you can say or talk about with the kids, but I've had some great experiences over the years. I can think back to, if you don't mind me giving you a quick example. No, no, no. One of our players 
you know, got injured in a game years back. And I remember saying to the girls, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a person of faith, let's say, let's pray for Pam tonight. Mm-hmm. And one of my, one of my players was a Christian, solid Christian says, coach, we're going to pray right now. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of back away from that. But they went over, put them, you know, their hands on the girl and started praying for her as a group. Now we're all the kids involved with that or, but I saw, you know, I so remember that example. So, you know, when I can say something, I do. Sure. Cautiously again, trusting though, that what I say and the way I live my life before these kids, before these players, um, is that witness. What a good word. Just being a witness, especially in the public school today, that's about as all you can do. You can love these kids well and be a witness. And that's why we've, it's really enjoyed even talking to some uh, like teachers that have been on the podcast as well. And they say the same thing. We can be witnesses and I can love these kids well, but they can't always be, Hey, Jesus loves you. They can't always come out and say that, but they can show that through their actions. Right. I love that. That's such, that's such a good word. Just being a witness. So there's a lesson I've learned. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Yeah. There's a lesson I've learned though, that you just, actually reminded me of it's daily daily being that witness Mm -hmm. with what i say with my actions towards referees my (laughs) actions towards players those things are so important it needs to look different it Mm -hmm. needs to look different as believers yeah Mm -hmm. well and i i'm reminded of the the sort of saying that i'm sure both of you have heard before but it's you know People often won't remember the things that you say, but they'll remember the way that you they that, the way that you make them feel. Mm. Um, and I think that's just such a testimony to you as a teacher. It's you can love your kids, and they may not remember that one time where you were given this golden opportunity to share the love of Christ mm. in the classroom or on the soccer field. But forever, they're going to remember the way that you treated them, the way they made that you made them feel when they look back at their high school soccer career and they think about this crazy guy, Kevin, their coach, is they're going to right remember. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they're going to remember that love. And I think that's, that's so good. And it's just a reminder that, yeah, like love goes a long way and we, we can't just end there and say, we're only going to love without saying any words. But like right. you said, if God gives you that opportunity to share, then let's share. But until that opportunity arises, let's love them. So there's I love some that. Great, yeah, there's some great opportunities. I One of my previous players, a two-time All-American who played in college, is now coaching with me. She's one of my assistant oh, coaches. Wow. You know, coaching girls, I've always insisted I need to have another fe- a female coach with me. It's just mm. important for the kids. And just that opportunity that I have with her because I can speak freely with her. And actually before games, we'll go down, my other assistant coach is a believer, and we'll go down to the side of the field away from the kids before the game and have a word of prayer. Mm. I'm wondering sometimes if they look down, what are those three coaches doing down there with their hat? The two of them have their hats off. But, you know, we have that opportunity. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. And and for your students to know that if they ever do have any questions about faith, they know that you're a Christian. They know that you pray. They know where you stand. And so, you know, by building a relationship with them, you've given them an open door. And it's, you know, sort of, you know, their choice if they want to walk through it, if they want to ask questions, if they want to inquire about 
okay, what is this guy doing? Like, why does he have faith? Why, why is he so happy all the time? Why, you know, kind of questions Uh-oh. like that. I might be in trouble on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'm working at it though. I'm still, I'm <laughs> hey, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. So Kevin, Kevin, for you, I'm interested. Have you, had you always wanted to coach girls or is that something where the opportunities arose or did that come about from having two daughters or how did you get into coaching girls? Yeah. Well, it, it right. You hit it right on the, on the head there with having two daughters and both of them playing. I mean, they had no choice growing up. I played soccer in college, so that's what they're going to do. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it really had a lot to do with that. Uh, both my daughters were pretty, pretty decent players. And one, well, one was really even more than decent. She went on to play four years at James Madison University. Oh, wow. Good for her. Uh, U.S. national pool player. So she had some success. And the other one was very, a very good player. So I guess I'd probably look and say, oh, look at the influence I had on them. I guess I should coach girls. But <laughs> truly, though, that that did have play a big part in it, played a, a real big part in it. Mm, wow that's amazing so what is it like being a coach during the pandemic during COVID-19 I love that question I, the questions were excellent because it it had it made me reflect on some things and what I reflected on is the things that I just you know as a program in the past we took for granted mm-hmm. the, some simple things that you might think really what some simple things like, because the, they're in school all day and then we have practice right after school, uh, we would bring a barrel of pretzels and just as a snack. And the kids would get into the pretzels or during the warm up eating pretzels. It was hilarious. You know, they'd be storing pretzels in their hoodie, whatever. <laughs> but those simple things of being able to reach into a barrel and get pretzels after school, you you're restricted now. You can't do those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And after wins, I always, for years, the tradition has been, and they looked for it, was giving out a sucker. We had a ball. I cut a hole in a soccer ball. They'd reach in and get a sucker. Wow. That, again, it's those really simple things. But I'll tell you the thing that really is is not seeing their facial expressions. When we're grouped, when they're um, group distancing, you know, they can have the mask down or during play, they don't wear the mask, obviously, unless they want to. But just being able to talk to them at halftime or before the game with the mask up, you really miss out on the facial expressions. Mm. So for me, it's been like the simple things that you just didn't even think about that are now present. I'll tell you, there was about two weeks into practice when they finally decided we're going to have a season Two weeks into practice, it didn't dawn on me until I really started looking in the kids' eyes, in the players' eyes, and I could see not being at school because they were on a total virtual or distance learning, whatever you want to call it, and I could just see in their eyes there was this kind of a faraway look. So, you know, I used to ask the kid, I used to ask the players after school every day, hey, what would you learn in school? I'd pick out three kids and ask them. Started asking them a question, what'd you learn today? And they said, they'd look at me and very few of them had answers. And it just, it really dawned on me what they were missing, not socializing mm-hmm. with, you know, normal, the normal activities of a school day, yeah. eating lunch together, whatever it is, walking through the halls together, joking in, in the hallway. 
and it, it was it really it's been it's been difficult. So I'm trying to go out of my way and just ask them how they're doing. Mm. You know, and they're going to open up to me a little. They're going to open up to my my assistant coach, um, my female assistant coach. They're going to open up to her. I think that's important that we're asking them how they're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's starting that conversation and showing them that you care. Yeah. Right? Showing them that, hey, there's somebody here that cares and I'm willing to listen to you. And I, I'm so grateful that here in New York State, we've been able to have a soccer season and be able to play. And I, I coach the modified boys team over at Hamburg. And so I've been coaching a little bit, too. And Hamburg. Been, Wait, yeah, I coach at Hamburg. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm, out here. I gotta <laughs> I'm, go. I'm on the boys side of things. So we don't. We all, don't right, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. But it's been it's been a reminder to me of, like you said, all the things this year that we can't do, just how, you know, how special those things are. But I've been just so reminded of just getting to run around and play and just to play soccer. It's man, sports are a fun thing and they're meant to be fun. And there's a lot of things we can't do this year, you know, that we could do normally, but what we still can do is we can still be together and we can still play the sport. And I think for me, it's been such a blessing just to, break it down to the bare bones of it, of we are together as mm. friends, as a community, playing a sport and running around. Mm. And for the modified boys, for the seventh and eighth grade level, that's such a good reminder to me because these are boys. They want to have fun. They want to yes. go play with their friends. And they don't want me coming in as, you know, at the modified level, I'm not coming in as this, you know, high level coach saying, we're going to improve upon this, 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 so we can do this, 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 and right. set goals and achieve those where that is part of it. But it's sort of taken me away from that perspective to let's have fun. Let's give them a seventh grade year of sports that they can remember. And they don't remember COVID-19 and how that affected their soccer season. They can remember that, man, yeah, that was the year that, you know, this person and I played this joke on this person and we went out to, you know, this afterward, whatever, and just have some of those memories. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been good, but it's definitely challenging. Yeah. I, I actually, we started talking about, it's going to be a season of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you just said. Those little things getting together, playing, yeah, you're going to have wins and losses and we're going to be excited. We're not going to be excited, but the idea of getting together every day at practice, we've talked about that, whatever you want to call it, gratitude, thankfulness. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to be, you know, complaining or, you know, at the same time being cautious and Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of that too. Yeah. I've been telling my boys all the time and parents as well, because I get a lot of parents that talk to me, especially at the seventh and eighth grade level, they're a little bit more involved with their kids and, I keep on telling them, hey, we're going to control what we can control and right. we're going to do what we can do. I said, there's decisions I can't make as a modified soccer coach. That's up to the athletic director. Mm-hmm. There's decisions we can't make in high schools in New York state because the governor or, you know, the government, they make those decisions. But what we can do is we can control our attitude and our effort and what areas we put those in, what format it is on the field, who we play, who we don't play, like, that we can't control but we can control attitude and effort and go from there and i I believe if we can control those two things and do our part then you know like you said then we would have an attitude of thankfulness right 
and it can go from there. It's a great reminder to me right there. And as as this airs, this will be around November as it's going out. So that means it's going into the season of Thanksgiving. And so I, I just think so many times of as we're getting to this season, it's such a good reminder to be grounded in gratitude. And I think that's such a good word. And you're doing all the simple things, right? Like how are you doing? You know, it, it it's it's like for me, that's even a reminder with my family. It's like, when's the last time I even asked them, how are you doing? You know? <laughs> And, and the loved ones around you. And, and I, I love that. It's something so simple and so powerful at the same time. And that means a lot coming from you as a coach. You know, I, I think so many times coaches don't ask that. They just go straight to business. Or I think coaches ask that, but they're not willing to actually listen to the answer. And so when we do ask how people are doing, <laughs> you know, being able to follow up with another question after what they say and show that I, I did mean it. I did want to know how you were doing. Well, I wasn't just asking that because it's a, general conversation starter it's right like how are you doing and so that yeah that's such a good word Noah you know I found out you know with coaching too that you have and you guys know you have to care more about the the players than just what they do for you mm-hmm. on the field that you have to do that I've have had some great mentors in my life my soccer coach at college is still a very close friend of mine. And I, we weren't that far apart in age actually, but um, you know, I still call him coach Carver. I cannot call him by his first name. <laughs> Another friend of mine, Gene Tassi, who coached at UB and coached my daughters growing up. Uh, John Wooden. I, I read a lot of his stuff, mm. just great people surrounding yourself with great people that help you mm. to really, you know, focus in on what's important. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So during during the past, you know, during the season and the pat, you know, during the pandemic, all this stuff, has there been ways that you have felt encouraged or how have you been encouraging your athletes during this time? Hmm. So yeah, I've been encouraged because I see, you know, with having the deal with the students having the deal with not being in school, they actually went back on a hybrid yesterday. But having, you know, those students not having that opportunity, you know, they're coming to practice and, you know, they've got joy. They're enjoying it. And uh, talking during the warm-up and, you know, just loosening up doing our stretching. They're talking and enjoying each other's company. And it's always been a, a real important thing with my program that uh, – the starters, the people that are coming back, returning players, always engulf everybody that's new onto the team. That's mm-hmm. always been a, a thing with, you know, it's important that everybody feels a part of that team. This year, and not out of any charity, but there were some players that came out that were gymnasts, could not participate in gymnastics, and they weren't soccer players. But the decision was made, along with the boys' varsity coach, we're going to keep everybody on the team. Uh, I think it was needed for those, for those people. So we did with the explanation to those players that, you know, playing time is going to be something difficult. They, they didn't care about that. Mm. They, they were very, very uh, excited to be part of the group and more so and in the past, you know, I've always, I guess we'll say disqualified players, you know, people that weren't soccer players, mm-hmm. but this year's a different year. So we talked about it, myself and the boys varsity coach, and said, you know, we're, we're going to keep these players. It's important that they're here 
It's important that they're seeing people, being around people. And uh, there's been some real blessings. One of the one of the girls that ended up saying, you know, I don't think I want to play, but I'd like to be a manager. And I, in the past, I've never, boy, she's done a great job. Just some of the stuff that she's keeping notes on what I'm saying on the sidelines. And I said, oh, okay, wait a minute. Let me see if, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it's been great. It's been great. Has and, that, have you seen that take a toll on any of your, um, you know, any of your players that you've had in the past, like any of your starters having some girls on the team that maybe don't have as much experience in soccer, has that been harder for them or have they embraced that with open arms? It, well, I can only speak from what I see. I think it's been pretty good. They've embraced everybody. Mm. This is the first year ever. I have three starting eighth graders on a varsity team. Wow. Legitimate starting players. So you have some returning players that are juniors, sophomores. They're looking and they're not getting as much playing time. I've seen no animosity about that whatsoever. Wow. And we've talked about that. We talk about it all the time. Make sure we're staying together. They've had, you know, get togethers, distant get togethers as a team out to eat and all those type of things. And so, no, I, I, I don't see that that's been a problem. You know, you you probably know as well as I do, sometimes the drills will break down. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the players that don't have a lot of experience, the drill can break down. I just yeah. have to make sure my own body language isn't such that they're saying, yeah, he's not very happy about it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it, 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 it works. We're going to keep working it out. I'm going to have to keep working that out in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the way it is, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. That's so good. So, Kevin – Great job today. So many great just words of encouragement. Thank you. It's such a reminder just to do the little things right. I think that's my biggest takeaway from you is the little things matter. It's a simple, you know, pretzels or suckers or a simple question of how are you doing? I think to me that that is so encouraging on my end. Those are so simple and so many takeaways from that. So as we finish up, do you have any final thoughts and just words of encouragement just for our listeners? Yeah, you know, if you're involved with coaching um, at any level, it doesn't really, I don't think it changes anything as as, as Christian people, um, disciples, as disciples of Christ. We want to make sure that, um, you know, our players see that. And it, it, it does, again, I'll say this, God he has to enable us to do that. Mm. On my own, I can't do it, mm. uh, you know. Winning, losing, those things affect you no matter what, no matter what stage <laughs> you're in or how long you've been coaching. I still find that. Um, but I, over the years, I've built some great relationships with my with the players. I've been to probably four or five weddings. My wife and I are godparents of three of the children of a player that previously played for me. So, uh-huh. you know, it's just you want to keep building the relationships with your players. It's important that they can – know they can trust you and they can come to you if there's issues and i you know i want to just be an encouragement and i really thank you for what you guys are doing mm-hmm. i didn't know how professional you'd be i was kind of leery <laughs> <laughs> but no you guys really this is really a great outreach well thank you we, we appreciate that and we're still you know we're, we're learning every day but it's been such a blessing to to speak with you kevin and now i can say that i'm I don't know if I can say I'm cheering for Will South, but I'll cheer oh, for boy. you as a coach. <laughs> I hope you as a coach do well. 
but I hope the results still go in Hamburg's favor. We'll just hey, I'm sorry, I just muted that. Did you say something? <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for being well, with us. Well, thank today, you Kevin. guys. I appreciate it. You made it very comfortable for me. Good. We're glad. All right. Thanks. And now here's our conversation with Christy Comenda. We want to welcome to the SWAT room, Christy Comenda. Christy is the art educator at Springville Griffith Institute for the past 22 years. She's been married for 22 years and mother of two children, one son-in-law, shout out to Clint, and has hosted six exchange children. That's amazing. And she has been the assistant swim coach for the varsity girls swim team in Springville. We want to welcome to the SWAT room, Christy Comenda, thanks for joining us, Christy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Christy, so could you, I know we just heard a little bit about yourself, but could you maybe tell us um, just anything more about yourself that you think our listeners may need to know um, and just how long you've been coaching and doing that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, well, I actually um, have a passion for swimming. Um, it's been something that was instilled when I was growing up. Uh, my grandmother was um deathly afraid of the water. And so she didn't want her grandchildren to, um, grow up with that fear. So she, um, as we spent time with her in the summers would say, go swimming, all of those types of things. And so, um, we went to community pools that were, um, local in the Midwest. And then, um, after that, um, I got into the USA swimming world. And, um, when my father was, um, a youth pastor in Western Springs, Illinois. Um, I joined the team there in about third grade. So I've been in the swimming life for a little bit. Um, and but then did your mom do one of those things where parents just sort of take their kids and like dunk them under the water. So they're not afraid of it anymore. <laughs> like, did she do that kind of thing? Or? Um, no, my mom didn't, but I did that to my daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, actually my, uh, I have uh, quite a few cousins in the Midwest that are um, avid swimmers and coaches as well. So um, I would spend a few um, weeks in the summer visiting them and, and just swimming in their pool facilities as well. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And then how did you um, get involved with teaching art education and what is your, what's your like forte in art? Would you say like, are you a painter, drawer, sculptor? What's sort of your area of maybe expertise? <laughs> Um, all right. So let me see if I can remember all these questions. Um, so I got into, um, working with students actually first, I, um, would, uh, work, I worked at a daycare growing up. And then, um, I also taught swimming lessons when I was in high school, um, and volunteered for American Red Cross. Um, so that, um, and my love for art, um, kind of meshed as I was, uh, looking for a college to attend. Mm. And so, I started at Ashland University, Ohio, um, with focused on art education and then knew that I just needed to be back in um, Western New York. Um, so arrived back here and then um, was, uh, I guess, brought back in by one of my um, former uh, high school coaches. And she said, you want to be my assistant swim coach and learn how to, to do this whole thing. So uh, Linda Shoemaker um, was uh, kind of a mentor for me, um, and she was also a, a teacher. And so um, it kind of merged my passion for wanting to be in the um, teaching world as well as um, my love for swimming. So um, joining into that, it was um, kind of a cool experience. And then I got into the USA swimming world um, and did that while I was going through college. 
and was the head coach for a while and then focus of getting my master's degree and getting married and, and having kids um, took me out of that uh, arena for a while. Um, and so really focusing in, um, taught at the elementary school for 13 years, um, which is a totally different um, schedule than at the high school level. So um, just being a mom for a while and, and loving um, art and getting to express that. Yeah. That is so, that is so awesome. And Christy, you're part of, we just started a high school series and we're featuring you and a few other coaches. And so one one of the questions that we've been asking is what has coaching taught you about your relationship with God? Um, (laughs) A lot. Um, I go uh, back to um, when I decided to get back into coaching. Um, I was in that pivotal years of my daughter being in middle school and um, the position of being an assistant swim coach became available and uh, got a phone call. And I said to um, my daughter, um, Kirsten, would you like me to be your swim coach? Because that's a middle school and mom and, you know, (laughs) Critiquing in the water is a little bit um, daunting, Um, but uh, she said, sure, mom, you can, you can be the coach. Um, So just balancing that and knowing um, that the time I spent in prayer and just, you know, having conversations with my family um, to know that this was the right direction for us um, was really significant. Um, each of the swimmers that I um, see on my roster in the beginning of um, the season um, or going into the season, um, I just spend time training myself so I'm prepared as an athlete um, and working. Um, I just spend time on my runs or um, cool downs just praying for each name. I don't know the students. I don't know um, who they are necessarily when they're coming from the middle school now because I'm at the high school level um, and just um, praying that God gives them the opportunity to be who they are and to be loved um, in in the dynamics of the swimming world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, what God's taught me most is that um, be who you are and don't try to make up who, um, don't make more of yourself than what you are too. And because he loves us where we're at. And so, um, that is kind of, uh, a motto that I have for the students, um, and swimmers. So, yeah, I, I love that. I think that's so powerful. And what a, what a great, what a great thing to be taught and encouraged by at such a young age by their coaches is, you know, you're loved for who you are and you don't need to be your best friend, Jimmy. You don't need to have, you know, the, beautiful, straight flowing hair that Juliet Absolutely. has, like you can be who you are and that's yeah. perfect. And that's wonderful. And that's, yeah. And so I, I love that. And it's, you know, I love it because I see you express Christ's love to them through your love. And it's just saying like, I love you for who you are, yeah. but I do that because Christ does. And man, Absolutely. what a, what a reflection that can be for those kids. And I love it. You do something so small, just praying for the kids. Mm. I think that's, we never see the power of our prayers, mm-hmm. maybe ever, but down the line, you know, sometimes we'll see that, you know, of to see God's transformative mm. power through that. And I love that. I, I, cause 
yeah, I, I just love the power of prayer and, and that's just something so small and God can use that to be so big in his kingdom. So that's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, my mom, she, she, she goes for a run kind of like you said, like, you know, you go running and you can pray for them, whatever. And so my mom does the same thing as she runs every morning. And when she runs, she prays for every car that drives by her and half the time she doesn't know who's driving that car. But sometimes she does because she lives in a, a smaller, smaller town. And so she recognizes mm-hmm. cars or people honk at her and wave. And so she always prays for them and she'll tell people sometimes she's like, oh, like that's you that drives the white Chevy Traverse or whatever. And they're like, yeah, that's been me. I see you every morning. And she's like, oh, like, yeah, I pray for you every time you drive by. And for her, it's been such a great door opener yeah. to them to know that, oh, she's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And man, that like, when somebody says like, oh, I've been praying for you for the past two years and they didn't know, it's like, wow, like, really? Like, you've been praying for me? And so, man, that just goes a long way. Um, I know, just even when people tell me that, hey, Bjorn, like, we're praying for you, you know, it's a difficult time or whatever. It's like, man, that means a lot. So yeah, thank you so much. And we've had a couple different um, pro sports chaplains that have been Mm -hmm. on our podcast. Um, The Yankees chaplain, the Bills chaplain, things like that. And one thing that they've told us is, hey, we need to pray for our pro athletes. Yeah. And man, do I want to echo that back to, hey, we need to pray for our high school athletes, high school students just in general. And so that's my challenge to our listeners listening now is like, do you know any high school athletes? Do you know any high school students right now? Mm. And can you pray for them? Especially right now. Especially yeah. right now where it's, it's so tough. Um, yeah. And getting into that right now with it being so tough, Christy, what is it like, what has it been like for you so far, maybe being a coach during the pandemic? Um, I swimming is that's a winter sport, correct? Uh, well, girls is the fall and okay. then boys is season is in the winter in the section six area that okay, we're in. Very good. So, so what's it like being a coach during this pandemic when things are just different? Well, the rules are pretty stringent um, on, you know, how we do things. Um, We literally have um, lane assignments for swimmers, lane positioning for swimmers so that they stay socially distanced while they're in the water. Um, They wear a mask up all the way up until they get into the actual water itself. Um, and then, uh, Oh, good. So they don't have to swim with masks on. No, (laughs) That was one that I was going to say that it's just not healthy, (laughs) but, um, so when they're in the water, they, you know, all leave off on specific times so that they really um, are never in close contact for conversation or anything when they're not masked, um, documenting what um, locker room space they're in, um, even shifting the, the time frame. So uh, with all of that, um, you know, separation, um, we are usually a team in our culture is a family. And so it's really hard for our um, athletes that have been here for so many years um, and know what the culture is in Springville. And yeah, after the first week of swimming, they said, okay, when are we going to go back to normal? I said, well, this is normal right now. Um, so let's just figure out how we overcome what normal is. And um, that's just, I guess where I started my prayer is that Um, even with a mask, even with the separation, even with, you know, documenting, um, when they come in, when they leave, you know, their temperatures being taken, how do we just make it that they know they're 
significant. They know what they're doing in the water um, is um, not necessarily the intensity that we've had before, um, just because of the shortened season and such. Mm, yeah. And that um, what they're doing is going to make a difference. And so um, the students the, and athletes and parents have been amazing. Just, you know, um, since we can't stop for, um, you know, your usual after school or after a swim meet snacks or things like that parents are packing stuff and so everything's individualized and um the students you know they stretch but can have great conversations they come up with you know music playlists that are inspiring and um encourage people just to to give it all in the water um so i think those are parts of the adaptation and adjustments we've made for the the swim team this year mm. So follow-up question that I have with that is how sure. are you specifically encouraging your athletes during this time and even, even your coach that you're working with as well? So um, I work with Karen Reynolds. She was, um, uh, I swam with her. Um, I was a senior and she was coming in as a middle schooler. Right. And then um, I, when I became an assistant coach and was mentored by Linda Shoemaker, she was one of my athletes. So it's, yeah. um, crazy world but she's yeah, a teacher now circle. <laughs> and um has taken on that role she is amazing um backstroker and um so in Those that um <laughs> no <really? laughs> I, I swim so i don't drown that's about okay. as much as i do yep, yep. <laughs> um but uh so working together um we see where students are at when they come in hmm. and we identify their goals. And so even at the beginning of this year, um, without having um, double sessions and like the two weeks prior to school practicing, um, we just had individual um, meeting times with the swimmers so that they could tell us what their goals were, what they were worried about, all of the um, things that, you know, seem to be diminished because you have a mask on. Um, so, uh, our, Karen facilitated that one-on-one -on -one conversation um, in documenting that in um, I led practice. And so I think um, trying to balance the fact that um, being a strong uh, leader and, you know, usually in control of the classroom, uh, being the assistant is um, just another, uh, I guess, skill that comes along with um, collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Karen and I sit and meet and, you know, message through the day, just how, what are we going to um, work on today? What's our focus? What's, what's the drill set? Um, what key target um, skills do we want to focus on today? And then um, just in harmony, um, being at that unified front on trying to, to do that is um, where we focus to, to best um, give skills to our swimmers. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's that's so cool. And so, Christy, just as we kind of wrap up today, is there any final remarks or closing thoughts or uh, words of encouragement or anything of that sort that you feel God has maybe put on your heart or something that you've been thinking about that you would like to share with us or our listeners? Sure. Um, I guess as I was, you know, just reflecting on um, many seasons of working with swimmers, we've had state swimmers, we've had um, swimmers come in and they don't even know what a flip turn is. Um, Either way, um, 
God loves us where we're at. We don't have to do anything or be anything or be a number or, um, it's great to have goals. It's great to um, set, have a mindset of wanting to see um, where we can be a little more uncomfortable and push ourselves. Um, but at the end of the day, um, that can cause fear and anxiety because we're always being pushed to do something more. And um, I recognize that I was, I've been given the skills by God to be where I'm at right now. Um, so navigating and not being fearful, um, in this time is, um, brings me back to Esther. Um, we were made for a time like this. And then, um, it's just swimming gives you a time, um, to reflect. It gives you a time to, um, have some solace and allows you to think of what do I need to grow in and what do I need to fix? And I think those are life skills. And, you know, when you, put together and um, give high schoolers life skills um, that um, I've used for my entire um, career in life, as well as want to inspire um, young swimmers to be able to think so that they can make it through life. It's not just the sport. It's not just the high school. It's how do I do this? How do I walk eloquently in a world that is sometimes just upside down? <laughs> Wow. That, that's so good. And I'm so thankful that your athletes and so many others have coaches like you and they, you know, your, your athletes in Springville have you as a coach to share some of these wide, wise words with them. And as they figure out how to walk through life, they can remember back to when you said it or when their parents said it or somebody else say, you know, God loves me where I'm at and I can be true to myself and I don't need to compare myself to those around me, but I can just be the best that I can be. And that is good enough. And so that, that's such a good word, Christy. And thank you so much for joining us today and, and for sharing a little bit of your heart with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christy. It was awesome just hearing about your experience coaching and all the things that you've learned and things that you're teaching your students. Um, Noah, what, what are some of your reflection points on Christy and Kevin's interviews today? Yeah, well, Christy, first off, thanks for joining us today. And Kevin, we'll, we'll get to your reflection points too. But yeah, I think my biggest takeaway with Christy is something that you talked about in this episode too. It's the power of prayer, mm. praying for her kids. Um, you had just a great just challenge for us, Bjorn, of how, like, we've had Kevin Beers on. We've had other guys, hey, pray for our professional athletes. Mm. I know Mark Porpilia talked about that. But how can we be praying for our high school athletes, especially during this time? I think that's, for me, that was my biggest takeaway for just what's going on with, with Christy and her swimming and um, just with our high school athletes. Like, they need prayer more than ever right mm. now. So that, that was my biggest takeaway. What about you, Bjorn? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat that, you know, just the intentionality that she has with praying for her students um, is awesome. And I think there's something really special about praying for somebody by name. Mm. And I'm not saying there's no power in praying for high school athletes in general. I think there is. Like, mm. God can definitely work through that, and he will, and he does. Um, but if you know a high school athlete personally— Pray for them by name. I know Absolutely. whenever I share prayer requests with my mom, she always asks for the names of people, even if she doesn't know who they are. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter what their name is. But she's like, Bjorn, it does. Like, I may not know who this 
you know, Jimmy is, but <laughs> praying for him by name, there's something special about it. So just pray for people by name, the people that are close to you, the people you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my biggest takeaway. And just hearing her heart of just saying she wants her high school athletes to just be who they are. Absolutely. It, it's such a... I dare I say, maybe too soon, a pandemic in high schools of students trying to be someone they're not. Mm. Peer pressure, um, the world telling us we need to be this, that, the other thing, trying to mold us, or it's just God's created each and every one of them to be special in so many ways, and everyone's different from everyone else. Just be you. That's so good. you're special. And there's two other points that I really took away from Christy, too. I'm sorry. They were just so good. They, I was just writing down notes as we were doing this. Um, Christy said, God loves us where we're at. It's great to have goals, but at the end of the day, that can cause for anxiety because it always causes us to do more. Mm. And I think, especially during the season, it's it's always good to have goals. But if your goals be like, hey, that's the next goal, and the next goal, you're going to have fatigue. Mm. And if we're not being still in God's presence, I think that's what one of the biggest takeaways I'm sure both of us have learned. Man, we got to just be still in God's presence during this during yeah. this time. And she also, she finished with the story of Esther. And I think, what a... My they, favorite book in the Bible. It's your favorite book. and No offense to my sister, Emma. I have a sister, <laughs> Esther, and a sister, Emma, but there's no book in the Bible named Twin Emma, sisters. so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I think it's, I love that story because it's so many times we're like, where's God in the story? You know, but he's behind the scenes mm-hmm. and he's always working and that's so fitting for during the season. So. Yeah, that, that's so good. And I want to go back to that, the first quote that you shared that Christy said, and I was listening to a devotional the other day and the guy, the, the topic of thought was winning is a good desire, mm. but not a good goal. Yeah. And so in sports, when we talk about winning, we talk about competition, we talk about success. Yeah, we want to win. It's good to have that as a desire. Right. But when that's our goal, we're always going to fall short. Totally. We're always going to, because, you know, there's always more that you can win. Mm. When it comes to winning in this worldly sense or in sports, there's always more you can win. It's good to desire that because we want to try to win. But when winning is our ultimate goal, we're going to fall short. And so when you play sports, yes, try to win, but that can't be your ultimate goal. Right. For a coach, for athletes, when you develop that team, you got to focus on something bigger about the community, the family, about competitive greatness, being the best you can be, not worrying about anybody else. Um, and so that was just something that, you know, from that quote that Chrissy shared, I think is just so powerful. And that's a perfect transition in to, to our conversation with Kevin. Like, what were some of your thoughts with with our conversation with Kevin? Yeah, no, I, I love talking with Kevin. And even though he coaches at a school that's a direct rival to the school that I coach at, <laughs> it was it was great talking with Kevin. And I think the thing that I took away from Kevin was that he really knows his student athletes by name. Mm. He knows what's going on in their families. He knows what's going on at school because he cares. Mm. And I was talking with Steve Dunmire, Pastor Steve Dunmire from, from Watermark Wesleyan Church yesterday, and he said, Bjorn, I've got three rules of ministry, the top three rules of ministry. Love people, love people, and love people. Mm. And I'm sorry, what was the third point? <laughs> Just I love people, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think, you know, we talk about coaches, oh, it's not direct ministry, but it is. Yeah. And as Kevin's working with these girls, it's 
clear that he loves them in very practical ways by just asking them how they're doing, by keeping tabs on them, by having fun. And so he's got rules one through three locked down on his team where he loves those girls. And I think that's important for everyone, no matter where you're at, whether you're a coach, whether you're a teacher, whatever it is, love the people around you. And that's going to go so far. Mm. What about you, Noel? What were some of your takeaways? So many. And I think as we're airing this, it's this, we're going to, this is going to be aired in November and we're going into a time of Thanksgiving Mm. and reflecting. And there's so many things from that, but there a few were doing the little things, right? Mm. Um, Something as simple as giving out a pretzel, like he can't, he can't do that. Or like suckers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Christy even talked about that too. They're like, we can't give out snacks anymore. And it's like, those little things like create bonding moments. And it's like, they can't even do that anymore. And mm-hmm. he, for him, it was like, those little things are, are so key and they matter. Um, but I love just the simple question of how are you doing? You know, and I think so, so often it's like we ignore that because it's like we're so focused on what we have to do. But, you know, like you said, love people, love people, love people. You know, that's what it's about. That question is loving someone. Mm. It's being intentional. And I thought that was so good. And a quote that he had it more towards the beginning was he said, God has the ability to enable me to enable the fruit of the spirit in my wow. life. And wow, that is <laughs> it's just, frame that and put that on frame a frame that that is such a good quote. Like, and that's why I encourage all of you listeners, like write some of this stuff down because it's gold. It's like, for me, that's, it's such a reminder. Like if I'm not giving this to God, he's not going to enable the fruit of the spirit in my life, you know, and, and that's so easily missed. And how he finished was, was perfect. He says, he finished with over the years he's been to three to four weddings and he just talked about it's all about building relationships Mm -hmm. and I think as a coach that's what it's about you know winning is great you know we all want to win everybody loves a winner you know that's even biblical everyone loves the winner you know that's in Proverbs but I think building relationships is one of the most important things and and that's what I loved about what I've loved about this podcast getting to know people Mm -hmm. and you know our motto is still get it, got to give it. But that's where I think our motto, not our mantra, but it's kind of like our vision, kind of vision mission statement is kind of shifting to everyone has a story, but it's a different platform. Mm. What a perfect example of this. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that brings me to next week that I'm super excited about is we get to sit down with some actual high school athletes. Right. And get to hear from them just what's God doing in their lives and how have sports impacted them. And this season that's been so tough for everyone, we've always talked, you know, we've talked about praying for those high school athletes, right? Well, next week we're going to give you four high school athletes that you can pray for by name. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear a little bit of their story, a little bit of what they're going through, a little bit of their heart. And I'm excited for that because we've talked to a lot of adults and sometimes it's nice to talk to a 16 year old kid because it's, you get raw truth from them of this is what God's doing. So I'm excited for that. And I hope you guys are too. And like Bjorn said, we're in the middle of our high school series and next week we're featuring some of our high school athletes within the Buffalo area. Here's an excerpt. Like during this season, you've mentioned how tough it was for you and like not getting in a pool for two months, not Mm -hmm. getting able to go to, you know, junior nationals, this thing you've been looking forward to for so long. Like what has God been teaching you through this? Uh, really just, you know, love what you do Mm. and appreciate it and, you know, count your blessings while you have them because, uh, the reality is like, like when Corona started, things can be taken away from you in an instant.
Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you want to connect with us and see what God is doing through other of our ministries and never miss an episode, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports and on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. Just remember, until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 